Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Well, Colin, we are gathered here today. It's a Sunday following championship week, mm-hmm. college football, which is usually an exciting time. But Missouri faced Arkansas in Fayetteville, and as we all know by this time, the Razorbacks got the better of us, 34-17. to 17. <laughs> Fuck those dirty pigs. Yeah, we lost, and I'm not sure we should have. I mean, they are a better team than us, uh, at least further along in their progression. They also are stand to lose quite a bit in this offseason, but... They do. They, they, they were better quarterback, obviously. They were better wide receiver, and they did enough on defense. There are several topics to uh, get to, but we should probably get to the uh, gigantic, prehistoric-sized elephant in the room, and that is the fact that our quarterback had 65 yards of passing. Before we do get into that, Colin, I wanted to sort of preface, at least I know that I'm going to go negative. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I'm going to talk about bad things because there were a lot of things that we could criticize, obviously. But I want to uh, take a wider view because we are, we purposefully record. Yeah, if you ever read our tweets and it says, you know, like, Drinkwitz is a egotistical shitbag, you know, that's probably Brendan. I don't think I've ever tweeted that <laughs> because I don't think it's true. <laughs> but I, I will say this taking a step back, just look at what Drinkwitz has done in his two years here. He's, he's made us bowl eligible two years straight. Mm hmm. He has had big wins over LSU and Florida, you know, South Carolina. He's had a number of big wins. He's made massive recruiting inroads in a way that we have never seen at Mizzou. Never seen. Things generally are moving in the right direction. And he salvaged really the second half of this season after disastrous defense in the first half. 
Now, the offense is another story, obviously, but I'm, I'm saying all of this because I feel like the decision to not take Connor Bazelak out, or more accurately, to bring Connor back, it worked out against Florida, but I think all of us saw that we probably wouldn't have had to have such a close game if Connor Bazelak wasn't our starting quarterback, but he did start against Arkansas, and it not just started, but he kept him in after it became woefully apparent, as you mentioned, what do we have, 65 total passing yards on the day, that Connor Bazelak, whether he was hurt, whether his head wasn't in the game, whether he's just not a very good quarterback, whatever the reason, Drinkwitz kept him in the game to the point where I don't know if there's a word for how you can be so frustrated when you're like everyone in the world can see that this kid needs to sit down for his own benefit as much as the team's. Yeah, he was... Except for the one person who can make that decision decided that he couldn't see that. Yeah, the only person that couldn't see that this kid was both physically and mentally broken. And broken. It started out bad because Mizzou blew an opportunity to score a touchdown like on the third play of the game. An open receiver overthrew him. And he badly overthrew him. The other uh, pass that was incomplete on that first series to me was probably more in the category of a drop than it was a a bad pass. But you got to hit that shot on the road against Arkansas. You got to hit that. That's seven points right there. You immediately just stick a fucking skiv right in their neck. And then – our defense, at least in the first half where they got worn out, was playing really good football. So Really good football. You, you put them down seven, and then you come back, you start sacking the quarterback and really put him in a bad position, and then maybe you score. You, you go down and do a, a field goal like you did, you know, and so now it's 13 to three instead of three to zero. And then it just completely changes the complexion of this game. And I feel bad for the defense because they, they played admirably, but they did fall apart towards the end. But well, um, you can't have continual three and outs and expect no, your de- – no. the defense has vastly improved, but they're not good enough that they can carry this team, no. especially against a good Arkansas team on the road. Colin, the reason I wanted to preface this with all the positive things that Drink has done for the program in his two years of being here is because this was, I think, unless somebody can correct me because there's been a lot of bad games in Mizzou's history – this was the worst in-game coaching performance I've ever seen out of a Mizzou coach. In-game. I'm not talking about his football know-how mm-hmm. or his recruiting or his decisions or his motivating skills or any of this. But in-game decision-making was yeah the every, worst I've ev- ever seen. Every fan, every press box super friend, every person watching this game was like, why? even the announcers at some point in the oh, game yeah, were like, uh, they've only got 65 yards passing here. Like they're literally laughing at us. And, and the reason I brought up egotism is because you did tweet out something like this. What is the explanation for this other than just, just hubris? Stubborn, stubbornness. Stubborn, That's- egotistic horseshit. And maybe it is that. And it possibly could be. I mean, just he's not going to do what everybody wants him to do. But at some point, you're cutting your own throat. And at the other point, you're cutting those kids' throats. I mean, it, I started to feel bad for Connor Blazelak. Like this is bad for him. You're killing this kid. You know, he does, he's right. not healthy. This can't be good for his mentality. I mean, his confidence. You're wrecking this kid. And, and, and then you feel bad for his teammates who are playing their hearts out. Tyler Beatty ran for 200 fucking yards and you just, you take him off of the knees with, with a stick made of Connor Basilak. I felt, I did feel bad for Tyler Beatty. You saw on several occasions, even in the third quarter, fourth quarter of football to go, he was sucking air. It mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be able to stop him. He seems invincible. He's mm-hmm. the, he, the reason he had over 200 yards rushing in this game was because he had to. That we had no other offense. That was because of Basilak, and that was because of Coach Drinkwitz not making the move. And like you said, it hurts Basilak. It's one thing to be loyal. It's one thing to say, hey, you want your quarterback to know that you have confidence in him. But there also comes a time where you just got to meet reality on reality's terms. And the reality is, even if Cook isn't ready, even if Macon isn't ready, this is so bad. Yeah. You've got to make a change because something 
has to be done. Can, Anything's better. Well, it, it just diffuses the argument. They're like, well, maybe Cook and Macon just aren't good, and they're just not ready. It's like, okay, maybe they're not. And maybe that was the reasoning for keeping Bazelak in, because you did think he'd give you the best chance to win. But that argument falls apart when he has 65 yards passing. That argument falls apart when he's throwing interceptions. That argument falls apart when he can't hit the broads of a fucking barn. Anybody can do what and, he did that day. And he can't run. Anybody could do that. And that's what drives me. Like, several of the times on those plays, they were just leaving huge lanes for the running back. Everybody's, they were, a lot of times, rushing three, which was, we can talk about the offensive line too. They played fucking miserably. They they were getting home with three down linemen regularly, and they're able to drop eight people into the fucking secondary. I mean, because they're like, well, the quarterback can't run. And I just thought, there's huge lanes to run. I just thought, man, Macon or Cook, I don't care which you take. They couldn't do this against them. They couldn't do this three down linemen, flood the zones, defense. They, they It would have been too risky because Macon and Cook would have just roasted them with huge quarterback runs. I'm looking at this at home going, I've never coached football. I'm not a professional co- football coach. Nobody's ever going to pay me to do it. And I can see this as clear as the nose on my face. And so can everyone else, according to Twitter, except for, as you say, Brennan, the one guy who, who you pay to make these decisions. And he just made a terrible, terrible, terrible decision sticking with a quarterback. And I just, I wonder where this game goes. If, if you pull him on the first series, I wonder if this game, how this game goes. If you pull him at halftime, I wonder how this game goes. If you just simply start someone else. The thing that is bad about it too, Colin, is that we say loyalty to a fault, but at the end of the day, he's kind of wishy-washy. Bazelak hurt himself at Vanderbilt and he didn't play against Georgia, but he pulled Connor Bazelak late in a game before because mm-hmm. he was playing poorly. And then he puts him in to start the next game and he pulls him for Cook at the end when the game is no longer in doubt. Like Arkansas won this game. That's when Cook comes in. And of course, we march down and we get our first touchdown of the day. It, at the end of the day, it's like, hey, man, if you're going to play Connor Bazelak deep into the fourth quarter, I don't know why you just don't play him till the end of the game because it doesn't matter now. Now you've just ripped his confidence apart even further. Let's just say, like, I wouldn't be surprised if every single quarterback in the house right now transfers, including well, Connor Bazelak. Because, Connor, like I said, Connor Bazelak was just mentally destroyed by the, I mean, like you said, not only was he, did he play the worst game of his life on national television, but then he gets pulled late in the game. So, I mean, it's a compounding effect of just. He still got pulled. Yeah. And it's, for, imagine the worst sexual experience of your life. The, the worst two None. pump, <laughs> the worst two pump dump you've ever had. You know what I mean? Like just the worst. Man, I'm glad my friends didn't see that. Man, I'm glad no one knows how bad that went. Now imagine you have to do that in front of 70,000 people and a television, live television audience. That's the equivalent of what Connor Bazelak did. He fucking two-pump dumped in front of the whole fucking world, and that will destroy someone, I'm sure. <laughs> well, if you're an Arkansas fan, you, <laughs> you do it in front of your cousin. <laughs> what, I mean, it's, it's, your sister. Just imagine your most embarrassing, lowest, terrible performance in fucking or any sport that you may play, and imagine having to do it in front of a gajillion people and think, I bet that's good for the psyche. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I mean, Connor Bazelak is going to need therapy after that game, after this season, really. I, and truthfully, well, Drinkowitz is to blame. You know what I mean? Brinkowitz has put this kid in a meat grinder. Tyler Macon's already posting the, yeah. you know, the famous uh, "God got me, Jesus going to find me a way." Yeah, the, to be continued, that kind of thing. Yeah, the the uh, ambiguous tweets mm-hmm. that uh, don't tell you really anything, but say, oh, what's going on here? Well, who can blame him? I mean, you watch this guy fucking. Oh no! Throw I mean, sixty five yards, throw fucking interceptions, just completely derail your offense all day, and not it's not like it's the first time it's happened. And you go, what the fuck does it take to get to, onto this field? I mean, 
I don't know. I've never played Division One college football. I don't know what that re- those relationships are like or the, what the dichotomy is. But I mean, I would be in the coach's ear, be like, "Coach, I mean, at what point? I mean, maybe the coach turns around, shut the fuck up and sit your ass down." I'm the coach, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I would go up the coach's ear and be like, "Coach, at what point do you? I mean, come on, man. Like, give mm-hmm. me a give me I a have chance. Two arms and two legs. Yeah, give me. Yeah, I have two working legs. I mean, that's better than what we've got out there right now. Well, then that's the thing. He can't throw it. He can't run it. The only skill he had is to hand the ball off to Tyler Beatty. And I have full confidence in Macon and Cook to be able to do that as well. So if you can bring anything to the table besides just handing it off to Tyler Beatty, you're already a plus. Plus it opens up the playbook because now you've got option plays. You've got run pass options. Suddenly you're a, another third of your playbook opens up because you've got a fucking quarterback with two working legs. And like, okay, so before we just go full tits on Drinkowitz and uh, and Bazelak too, but the offensive line paid as bad as they have all year. I mean, like I said, they were getting home with three. The offensive line was terrible. I'm ready for Griffin, number 54. I'm ready for him to be gone because I've watched enough of the offensive line now to know that that guy's bad at football. I mean, not that he never makes a block or anything, but I every time they show a replay of one of our running plays or stretch play or one of these screen passes, the person who has blown the block who is is completely out of position or not where they're fucking supposed to be is Griffin. I'm hoping as a sub and playing because of injury. I mean, there was one play, God, I wish I could pull it up right now. <laughs> There's literally like, it was like a little toss or a little pat screen pass. I can't remember. And Griffin and another lineman, they just, Griffin's way late getting out there. His guy just blows up the play in the backfield and he just runs past that happening and goes and blocks a guy who's already being blocked by the left tackle. And he's like, you're not supposed to block him. The guy that just blew up the fucking play is the guy you're supposed to block. I mean, what are you doing? It happened a couple times in the last game when I was watching the line play. Like every time Beatty get blown up in the backfield, I'm just like, what happened there? Oh, 54 didn't get his fucking mitts on anybody. Anyway, I'm, I well, shouldn't pick on individual players. That, uh, uh, well, we've just been bashing Blazelak for fucking 20 minutes, but... Regardless, we haven't even mentioned the penalties, Colin. How many plays came back because and, of holds? Uh, and so the holdings and the, the missed blocks, and then you then you, let's you know roll the fucking wide receivers into this mesh. They're not getting any separation. They're not getting open. Now part of that is play calling. You, it's hard to get open when you're throwing the fucking ball laterally constantly. And as you mentioned, Colin, they're able to drop eight guys because mm. they know the quarterback can't run. So it makes it more difficult for these guys to get open. And as you mentioned, that play that Bazelak overthrew his man, he was open. He had several steps. Boo Smith, I'll tell you this, needs more reps. He's faster than any wide receiver we've got right now, and it shows. He's not getting near enough snaps. Who's number seven? I wish uh, youth consultant Connor was here right now to answer my questions as I ask them. Oh, it's Dominique Lovett. Why is he not getting these? I think get like fucking five, six, maybe 10 snaps a game. And like what wide receiver on this team is doing something that we can't give that kid some time to try and see if anything can get going. Kiki Chisholm is the best target they've got. He catches the ball. He's big. He's physical. Like you should, they, I've said it before, they should be concentrating on him. I think he had what, two, three quick catches. Of course, like I said, we had a broken quarterback with a broken brain. And the coach seemed to be like, okay, that's fine. We'll just deal with that. It just feels like it makes a game really difficult to win when you have to deal with a broken quarterback with a broken brain. I mean, Parker Jr. was hurt. He wasn't able to play in this game. I think that was a detriment to That the certainly team. hurts the blocking. Yeah. And, and he was a, he's a, he's a sure pass catcher too. Yeah. And he, I mean, he, but in this Drinkowitz drink and dunk offense that mm-hmm. he runs, Parker's role is primarily as a blocker and he is a good one. You know, we were trailing this game, was it 10 to six at the half? Mm-hmm. And so as bad as things were going on been offense. Winning. Should have been winning. Oh yeah. Well, easily seven more should have been. Should have been 13 board. to 10. Yeah. Based on that point, Mizzou. Here we are at a point where this is a turning point in the game. It's a great point for us to stop, take a breath, look where we are, reevaluate. 
it didn't seem like we did anything. That's when I said this was one of the worst in-game coaching performances. This is the time you come back from the half and Brady Cook's under center. That's mm-hmm. that's the natural point after an abysmal first half from our quarterback. But also what happened was Arkansas looked at, hey, we're not getting any yards either. We're not scoring any points either. This Missouri defense, you know, they definitely are vulnerable. And we had several guys in our secondary who were hurt and weren't able to play. And they figured it out. And in the third quarter, that's where the game got away from us. And and that's on coaching. That's on coaching because this was a winnable game. It was a winnable game on the road, and we made it look like we were outclassed. I I would have brought Macon in and just run option. Pick your poison. Macon or Beatty. Beatty or Macon. And then... And I don't want to hear that they haven't game planned for that because Drinkwood should have had that in his pocket. Throw the occasional slant or whatever. You know, keep him... Throw him just enough to keep him honest. And then just Beatty him and Macon him to death. You know, and I think you could have won foot, the football game that way. The non-decision to keep Basilak in and then some of the offensive play calling. It strike. got very Marty Schottenheimer for a hot for a minute. It was run, run, pass on third down. Run, run, pass on third Almost down. Almost never passed on first or second down. Yeah, and it was just like if the offense just became so predictable. And this is a guy who, I mean, I'm going to say right now, I think that Drinkwitz needs his own offensive coordinator. I think he needs to pull back. He certainly needs somebody plays. that he respects being able to – Get in his ear a little bit. I don't think he's a guy that's ever going to do that, mm-hmm. but his... I don't know if he needs somebody else to call plays. Maybe he does, I, but he definitely needs somebody. He needs to hire He needs somebody coach. in his ear. He needs somebody he's got enough respect for and enough, you know, carries enough weight that he can like, hey, coach, and get in that earpiece. And, coach, Connor's got 65 yards right now. I'm, he's he's looking shook. I mean, I don't know what we need to do, but... We got to do something. Yeah, you know, it's, it's time to do something. You know what I mean? Just somebody that could just... Yeah. Somebody's saying that to him because I don't know who's saying it now. But well, I, I'm just a friend that Drinkwitz is a guy who won't listen to anyone. And he knows that he knows better than everybody. I don't know. Colin, we've got two years here and Drinkwitz has done some really good things, but you can't watch that Arkansas game and, and leave without questions about his decision making abilities. I mean, I'm not saying his football IQ is less than I expected it to be or thought it was, but Shit, that I mean, well, that it, was bad. I said it. That was I, bad coaching. I tweeted it during the game. And, you know, I don't know how Drinkwitz manages to be both the most boring and predictable play caller, and also at the same time, in a, like an innovative and exciting play caller. I mean, he seems to be do both at times. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, what a cool little play, what a cool, you know, what a cool design. I, I've seen Bayslot get in a rhythm with his play calling before, and uh, Mizzou really moved the ball. But I don't know. I think part of it is, is I still think we're limited it's from a talent aspect. I think the offensive line limits us more than we've probably even know. We've got injuries on the offensive line. I don't think they were particularly good before the offenses. You know, we lost Cook and another guy. We've had several injuries. But I, I don't think you can discount that. Uh, there's certain things you're just not going to be able to do if your offensive line can't hold up. And they've played bad most of the year. Now, they can't play that bad because Beatty just set the single-season rushing record. Mm-hmm. But especially in pass protection, they weren't particularly good. I think it's been sort of wallpapered over by the fact that the defense was abysmal for half the season. And since then, Basilak has basically been just a f- complete disaster. And so they've sort of got a walk on all of this because everybody's looking at other shit. But they haven't played well either. You know, but I tell you what, whoever who's the guy they gave the defensive, co- defensive line coaching job to? Al Davis. That fucking Give that guy a raise. Talk about a night and day difference. It's so rare that you fire someone and it actually really does anything. We you know thought mean? it was just a sacrificial lamb. Yeah. What I mean, whether it was that or not, it sure helped. <laughs> it sure fucking helped. Apparently, the guy we fired was basically lack level bad only at coaching defensive line and 
instead of playing quarterback. The, the way it felt in that game versus how the season has gone holistically, I mean, we're 6-6, six and six, we're headed to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. And I think we said at the beginning of this year, we win seven games, we win eight games, we win six games and go to a bowl and win. We consider that a success this mm-hmm. year. This is a building year. We always knew it was going to be a building year. We didn't know there were such deficiencies already on this team. I just wonder who's going to transfer out. I mean, and who's going to transfer in? I mean, Missouri may be in the market for a, you know, a fifth-year transfer for at quarterback. If too many guys leave, and plus you're going to have Horn coming in, Luther Burden, and there's a running back in there, and a lot. I mean, the cupboard won't be bare next year, but I, I really think. You're probably talking two years from now before some of this stuff really starts to come together. But I th- yeah, we, I think we were all a little bit premature. We, I, we, I think we thought we'd be where Arkansas is now mm-hmm. this year, but we're at least a year away from that. They've got a quarterback and they've got a, a, a really good wide receiver, and that makes it. And they're really their their offensive line up until this game where Mizzou just kind of was really putting it on them. They have played good at times. I mean, like I said, this game. Should not have. It became not a game in the second half, and it should have been a game throughout. And certainly, maybe not a game we necessarily should have won given the circumstances, but a game we certainly should have been competitive to the end. We should have been, like I said, going in the half thirteen to ten. We were a fourteen and a half point underdog in this game. I think we knew the odds were long for us to win on the road in Arkansas this year. We, but we thought it was possible. And after the first quarter, I still thought, yeah, I I remember thinking like, okay, it's not going great. But we're in this thing, yeah, and right. Arkansas doesn't look appreciably better than us. Yeah. By the third quarter, they looked like a fucking— Well, I kept thinking, like, if we could just get some completions, if, if they changed quarterback, we could— That was probably, the, say, the most disappointing thing to me, is especially after the half. It's just being like, we're in this drink, and we're, we're playing well enough on defense, and we're in this enough that if you'll just, just nut up and pull that trigger— we might be able to break some hearts here, but say lovey. And his post game presser, I was waiting to see. Like, what is he going to say? Because I know somebody is going to ask him. Hey, uh, you think about pulling base like maybe a little bit earlier because the whole fucking world was waiting on it. And he did get asked that, and his answer was just like, Meh, weird, N- not. I just good. didn't want the guys to get think they're going to get pulled after throwing one interception. I'm like, like, nobody thinks that, Drinkwitz. No one would think that. He couldn't play football. No, not only could he not play football this week, he struggled mightily all season long, and it's gotten worse. Yeah, the, he's the, been turnover prone even when he was moderately healthy. And the thing, yeah, because his interceptions, the thing about the Basilac interceptions this season is that he seems to throw them at the most soul crushing times. You know, like, God damn. Not only that, he was throwing balls like, I know you're throwing to a spot and you expect a receiver to be there. But on a couple different occasions, a receiver had fallen down and there was nobody, in the, even in the fucking area code that he threw the ball to. And it's yeah. like, who what are you doing? But he can't tuck and run, so he's got no yeah. options, I guess. And it's just like, we are I just hope when Drinkwitz watches this fucking tape, he's like, what was I thinking? Because I, I can imagine being the coach on the sidelines and being in the moment and really not seeing it like the fancies at home or the announcers see it. And that's why you need somebody up in the booth. You in know, your ear. Yeah, being like, hey, man, I don't know what it looks like down there, but it, right from up here, it is a fucking disaster. <laughs> I, I hope so, too. And I do think that uh, – I think Drink is the guy who reads his own press clippings. He's very media savvy. Oh, well, I mean, he's, last week when he won, he was responding to people's Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I didn't see much of that this week. <laughs> Nobody. And he wasn't defending himself. When like, Trinkowitz is an idiot. Why is Basilak in there? He didn't come back and you know be like because I wanted him in there. It gave us the best chance to win. He didn't respond to any of those tweets. Yeah, but I think he reads them. And yes, I the, do too. And you're right. Like there are different levels of uh, fan Twitter, sports media Twitter, press. You know the local sports universal. The only person the college football universe. The blue check marks from the national college football Twitter sites and stuff were 
highlighting how bad the offense was for Missouri as compared to Beatty's 200 yards. I mean, it became more of a story than just within the local media. That's how bad it was. And so how can something be so bad that it sort of gets picked up on a national level and the coach on the sideline still seems to be unaware of it? Well, yeah, unaware. I, Dave Matter asked him the question about whether he thought about pulling Bazelak earlier. We give Rock M Nation some grief for being too... Uh, Pollyanna sometimes, but they were saying, you know, there's no rational excuse yeah. for this. That, that's the thing. There was no logical reason for Bazelak to continue to be in that game. You just wanted to rip your hair out because you couldn't do anything. It was just watching a train wreck in slow motion. And so, mm-hmm. anyway, we're going to a bowl. Yeah. Yay. And, and honestly, it's like, is Bazelak going to start? You pulled him. You, he's pulled him before. And then mm-hmm. you, you start him again. That's wishy washy. None of those seems either to make any sense. You either got to get rid of him. And move on, or you got to stick through him to the bitter end, which you almost did this time. And then you pulled him, which is so wishy-washy. Yeah, why not pull him when it's going to make a difference? I, I feel like with Brady Cook, it was just like, let's give Brady a, a series here so maybe he won't transfer. <laughs> I'm like, too little, too late, Butch. Well, why don't we take our first break? I know. I mean, I knew we this. got voicemails. Obviously, we got a ton of voicemails, and we didn't do a midweek, Brennan. And uh, somebody uh, let us know all about it. That's right. We got uh, got some voicemails, for Coach him. Odom. Yeah, I don't know about your email, but he was blowing mine up, wanting to know in the midweek when was he getting his call? When was I, he going to get interviewed? I told him I'd call him tonight, Colin. Oh, I know. Trust me, I was like, we will get you to you. We will get to you. He was not happy. Okay. Well, we're going to take our first break. We come back. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to your voicemails. Coach Odom's got a lot to talk about, and you know what? He deserves a chance yeah, to I talk. Mean, obviously, you know. Obviously. So yeah, we're going to give him his his fifteen minutes of fame. All right. This is the Zodcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. You know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. Truth is, I really can't give away that information for free all the time. I thought they were asking whether they should leave their wife. That too. Well, go to my bookie. Check it out. They'll give you lines on all games. You can bet any sport. It's wonderful. You don't need me to talk to you. The Greek doesn't have to be in your ear all the time. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern Time, they will give you an additional $25 free play on any deposit over $100. You can use promo code MIZ25. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner and take advantage of this extra 25 bucks. You play, you win, you get paid. Take it from the Greek. My bookie is the way to go. On the line now for the first time in a long time, it's our old friend of the show, defensive coordinator for the Arkansas Razorbacks, Coach Barry Odom. Coach? Hey, hey, hey what's up, fellas? <laughs> you, you got Barry, man. Talk at me. It's been a long time since we heard that, Coach. It's uh, It feels good. Hey, man, it's good to hear from you, boys. I was looking forward to talking to you the midweek, but uh, I guess you guys were a little too busy eating your turkey. <laughs> but uh, it's good to hear from you. Yeah, Coach, I, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving as well. Oh, man, it was pretty good, you know. It's my kind of holiday because I like to eat, drink, 
and be merry and uh, all that stuff. I guess your holiday got even better on Friday as your Arkansas Razorbacks took on your former uh, Missouri Tiger team and ended up with a big win. And uh, congratulations, I guess, are in order. Listen, guys, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a sore winner here, but uh, listen, I, I really appreciate your new coach. Uh, you know, playing a terrible, terrible quarterback the entire game was uh, made my job pretty easy. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was that guy thinking? You guys fired me for that guy? Well, I mean, there, a lot of good has happened. I mean, did you know we're recruiting We're recruiting like five-star wide receivers these days? Well, I'll tell you what, recruit me schmoot, man. You know what I mean? Like when I was there, we had a guy named Drew Locke playing quarterback. And now you got, got this Bazelak guy. And that guy sucks. <laughs> well, be easy on him, Coach. Didn't you recruit Connor Bazelak? Hey, man, don't get hung up on semantics. <laughs> Point is, is that my quarterback is in the NFL. And that your quarterback sucks high and tit. All right. All right. Well, your Arkansas team did put on a good defensive show against us and uh, obviously stopped the Tigers from scoring until late in the game. And uh, you guys are on an upward trajectory. How are you feeling in your new role in Arkansas? Hey, man, it's pretty good. I mean, this Sam, uh, this Sam Pittman fellow is a pretty good easy guy to work for. You know what I mean? Like he's uh, he didn't pay a whole lot of attention to what I'm doing, which is what I, I appreciate because it gives me time to work on the things that I'm really passionate about, like tornado killing guns and soccer. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I understand that, Coach. And I've also gotten into smoking the sticky of the icky. Oh, is that right? And so, uh, yeah, it's legal now, you know. So uh, I, I like to coke it up and then give the old lady the Oklahoma eight, if you take my meaning. <laughs> the eight seems generous, as always. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about, buddy. If old Barry wants to not get her pregnant, he just folds it over and leaves a squirting end out. <laughs> that's, uh, that's an interesting and I don't know if it's physically possible method. Of birth control, but that's why we love you, Coach. You know, I'll tell you, I think, you know, after having had a rough season, there are some Mizzou fans who kind of miss you a little bit. If if Missouri fans wanted to stay in touch with old Coach Odom, uh, how would they do it? What would be the best way? Well, I mean, obviously, I've got my Twitter account, but I'd say the best way to really get to know Coach inside and out is uh, my OnlyFans page. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you say you have an OnlyFans page? Sure I do. You know what I mean? Like, hey. Brother, I'm, I'm interested in making money any way I can. So, you know, if some guy wants to see my dirty stink star, my filthy balloon knot, as it were, and, uh, and that's going to make me a dollar or two, I mean, I'm all for it. I'm not one of these shy fellas. You know, I'm not demure. I'm not a head coach anymore, guys. You got to understand, I got to supplement my income a little bit. <laughs> I understand that, coach. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, head on over to, <laughs> to Barry Odom's only fan page. What can we expect to see on that? Hey, man, you don't want to get in. You're going to have to pay for the privilege, buddy. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It involves me squatting over a coffee table, but that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right, Coach. It's uh, <laughs> a little Danny Thomas action. It was, uh, it was, it's been a good weekend, man. You know, lots of turkey and food and, uh, and, uh, and then the football game that we win because my defense is so good. And, uh, you know, it's just been great. Well, I'll tell you what, though, I didn't know if I was going to make the game. That Thanksgiving meal was pretty heavy. Uh, I should have piled a show dog could jump before the game and, uh, felt a lot better, but, whew. <laughs> and yeah, the best thing about winning that game too is I picked up several subscribers to my OnlyFans. <laughs> well, that's good. That's great. Great for the my wife's concerned that the OnlyFans account will might might be hard on getting rehired as a head coach. But I'm like, hey, baby, I am who I am. <laughs> that's right. You can't you can't contain Barry Odom. You can't stifle the man that is Barry Odom. <laughs> I won't be stifled. I won't have it. Well, uh, I got to ask you: Do you miss it? Do you miss your time here in Columbia as a as a Mizzou Tiger? Well, I mean, there's certain aspects of it I do like, but I, one thing I like about being down here in Arkansas is I'm more of a, like your egghead intellectual type down here, which is a, it's a change for me. I kind of like it. 
<laughs> is that right? The uh, you find most yeah. of the uh, people around are not as intelligent. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but not only am I assistant coaching the football team on defense and uh, and, and do I have my OnlyFans page? I'm also uh, the uh, professor of thermodynamics here at Arkansas. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. <laughs> they said you're the now the highest IQ in the state, so you're the professor. And I said, whatever you want, guys, I'm here to serve. Yeah, well, welcome to the Egghead crowd, Coach. Yeah, you betcha. Well, I appreciate you being on, and I just, you're having success after your time as head coach here. And do you have any final words of wisdom for uh, for the Mizzou fans who are still following your career and still Barry Odom fans? Well, I guess if I was going to leave you with any words, I'd say this: When the air is hot and sticky, that is no time for Duncan Dickey. But when the frost is on the pumpkin, that's the time for Dickey Duncan. <laughs> words to live by. That's poetic. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Hey, how you boys doing over there? You, is everything okay with that, that fucking Poindexter you we hired? I mean, uh, he sure didn't impress me much to, on Saturday. Well, we've been Friday, ha- I should say, I suppose. Yeah, we've been having fun with him, Coach, but we, I think I'd be lying if, if I didn't say that there was a small part of us that uh, missed Coach Odom. That touches me, touches me deeply in my, my sweet places. I appreciate that, boys. And if you'd like to see my sweet places... I suggest you subscribe to my OnlyFans page for only twenty five ninety nine a month. <laughs> it seems fair. seems reasonable. All right. Thank you, Head Coach Barry Odom, heading to a bowl game with the Arkansas Razorbacks in only his second year. And if you'd like to subscribe to his OnlyFans page, only twenty five ninety nine a month. Hey, thanks a lot, fella. Wooshig poo. <laughs> and all Did that. Did I get that right? I think so. I think you nailed it. Here's the mail, it never fails It makes me want to wag my tail When it comes, I want to wail Well, we're through one Basilac is good at what he does Tyler Beatty is, well, fucking hell Why am I so bad at doing this? Just don't, don't even play this shit God damn it We're definitely playing it Well, we're through one Beatty is good Basilac is not Hot garbage, go fuck yourself, love you, bye Well done, sir Two takes, that's all you need Wow. So Arkansas is now up 10 to 3. Um, I have zero confidence that Connor Basilak can go down the field to score a touchdown. He doesn't do that very often. And wow, this play calling, mm, that too, that's really angered me. Wow, I'm just trying to pay attention to what's happening in the game. I think it was two drives ago, he called up a QB draw on second and 15 for Basilak, man, and it's not looking good for the Tigers. At all. But, I mean, guess we have a full half. Maybe maybe we'll see Tyler Macon or Brady Cook. Then it could be, you know, go pretty well for the Tigers. But uh, it's not looking good, fellas. Not looking good. It's uh, bad news for it. It's going to get worse. All right. So let me just prelude this with saying I'm from Arkansas. Went to college in Columbia. Lifelong Mizzou fan. So I hate Arkansas even more than the next guy. Their fans are the worst. They're the worst. This game is like the Super Bowl to me. Well, Basilac fucking sucks naturally the clock operator can't manage the play clock and our offense can get on the arkansas side of the 50 for the fourth time in the first half and we're settling for six points total it's total bullshit i can't believe it and not to mention after the boston college loss my arkansas fan friends were chirping me and i have four hundred dollars riding on the zoo money line at mm. even on so this is not going well for me yikes that is probably not something that Dave yeah, Ramsey not, would recommend. No, 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 no. I mean, Dave Ramsey won't even let you buy an ice cream cone. So I can't imagine betting on Mizzou mm. is going to be something he would endorse. Dave Ramsey's plan for, for saving money is have no fun your entire life. <laughs> That's right. Die rich. <laughs> That's right. That's right. 
Hey, uh, me again, president of the Connor Bayswax fan club. I quit again. I quit. Uh, <laughs> this guy can't make a decision. I'm at uh, Donald W. Reynolds Stadium for the game. Uh, good Mizzou fans here. But uh, anyway, back to the thing. I quit as my post of the president of the Connor Bayswax fan club one more time. And I hope I don't have to call back again and reclaim it because I hope they play Brady Cook in the second. Hot garbage. Hot, Hot garbage. garbage. Oh. Hobocom. Hobocom. <laughs> Nailed it. I feel like Hobocom was never been more apt. Yeah, that was a, that was definitely the best way to describe Connor's performance. All right, it's ten to six halftime. We're playing like complete dog shit on offense. Defense looks fucking great. Thank you, Wilkes. We can beat these fucking guys. But as a sex, he's got to learn to read a fucking defense and find that big old fucking Juicy Johnson in his he had last week. All right, let's win this motherfucker. I don't think his Johnson was so juicy last week. No, it wasn't very juicy at all. That, that two-point conversion was pretty juicy, though. Mm-hmm. Sean, Kansas City, we're doing all right. I still think we need to put in somebody besides Basilek. We could throw down field. We'd have them right now. But uh, tell me if you've heard this one before. SEC officiating crew just loves kicking us right square in the fucking nuts. Just blatant holds by them that aren't called. And then we, they call everything. Yeah, I will say that. They held as much as we did. they can find, they call. And then they take time. They're taking time off the clock and shit. Like, oh my God. That was Arkansas <sighs> cheating. That's what that was. Yeah. Well, I, I always want to be reticent to be like, oh, they're picking on Mizzou. And don't get me wrong. Mizzou did us. Uh, there was there seems to be some home cooking, but for the most part, SEC officials are just bad in general. Yeah, you know, I don't think they're bad to Mizzou. I don't think they're just bad in general. It is a badly run organization, the officiating that is, which doesn't seem to have any accountability or maybe there's internal conversations that we just aren't privy to. But as far as I can tell, the SEC is like, you know, fuck you guys. It's bad, and we know it's bad. We're not going to do anything about it. <laughs> so what do you think of that? You we're know? the best conference, and we're the richest. Well, they don't even acknowledge that it's bad. They don't even acknowledge that there's a problem. So it's hard to fix a problem that you refuse to acknowledge even exists but it's um, it's the drink was philosophy on changing quarterbacks yeah i mean but it's you know we're the biggest we're the richest most famous most competitive conference in college football with the absolutely worst officiating the bleeding of this play clock that the officials missed that was arkansas's scorekeepers literally cheating that's what that was they mm-hmm. know what they're doing they were trying to fuck us over and they succeeded because of the fishing being so bad well we've white knuckled all season so why would we change anything in this game we're just going to fucking hang ourselves by our neck, just going to stick with Basilac, even though we have actual passers on this team, but whatever, fuck. Yo, it's Xavier down in Bama country. Okay, so a few minutes into the third quarter, and earlier in the season, just like a lot of folks, I've been trashing Steve Wilkes. I need to, like, take that back a little bit because in the last three games, uh, or a few games, uh, the defense has really shown up. I think it helped by changing out the defensive line coach after uh, Tennessee, I believe it was, when they put a beating down on us. So i got to give credit to Steve Wilkes. Now we just need Basilak and the rest of the offense to come through. This is easily a winnable game for the Tigers. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. God, what the fuck are we doing on offense? Fucking get a goddamn fucking first down. We cannot get a first down. Why is Baselux still in the game? What is this play calling? There's so many questions right now. Drinkwood has no idea what the fuck he's doing right now. It's been like five weeks that we've been saying that he needs to take fucking Baselux out. Put anyone better in, dude. This is just embarrassing. Get his ass out. He's clearly hurt. He just took a fucking shot on the last drive, and he's still in the game. Take a fucking hand drink with, put cooking, put making in. I don't fucking care, bro. 
hot garbage. Hot garbage. I know these kids, you know, they grew up and playing football and they're they're coached to be, you know, eat nails, shit ice cream. and But you'd think even base like it sometimes, but I just coach, man, I'm not helping us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I am not helping. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this to my teammates. Because at some point, I mean, that was the, probably the hardest thing to swallow. So at some point, to play this quarterback and to just continue to back him at every, it's it's not fair to the other players in the field who are giving their all and playing well, many of them. You know, how is it fair to them to just negate every effort that they make by running that fucking turd burger out there. Third quarter, 203 left. Wasn't Drink hired to be an offensive coach? Where is the fucking offense? I, I don't want to blame it all on Basilek. You mentioned the offensive line, mm-hmm. but you, it's the quarterback is the key to fucking football yeah. everywhere. And if you've got no quarterback, you got no team. Yeah, I mean, which is, it's, it's, it's not a pass for Brinkwitz because he's the guy that makes that decision. But it's hard to know, you know, it's hard to be an innovative play caller when you're trying to play a corpse at quarterback. It would just like, which again, it defies logic. The end of the third quarter and I've decided that I will literally bedazzle my own sack if someone besides Bazelak starts in the fourth quarter. Well, I'd say the odds are pretty good. That's not going to happen. You're right. MIT. I'm not going to watch the fourth quarter. We're fucking lost. What a wet fart to a good season. Well, not a great season. Fucking hot garbage. Hobo come. Hot garbage. Hobo come. Hot garbage. All that stuff. Hobo come. All right. The Dazzle Sack just threw a fucking interception. Clearly, something's fucking wrong. We just keep running him out there. Does anyone see any heart out of this kid? I mean, he just throws the interception up to Kiki and just kind of draws up, feel like he doesn't give a fuck out there. Maybe he's for the transfer portal. We'll see what the fuck happens next year. Zio, yeah, this is something I've seen too, where a lot of people are questioning Basilak's passion or energy. I don't question that after the beatings he's taken. I just think think he's a very gregarious kid. I don't think yeah, I think you, you don't have to be jumping. It, it is nice when you see guys jumping up and down and revving guys up on the sidelines. And Basilak's not that. I mean, he's sitting on a somebody took a screenshot of him sitting like a lump around his offense while we were getting thumped. I, I don't think the fact that he's not a enthusiastic personality. Yeah, it is the key to why he's not doing well. He's just, he's quiet. I think he's physically and mentally broken, and Drinkwitz refuses to acknowledge that that is the case. Yeah. Hey, it's uh, the former president of the Condor Bay's Life Fan Club. I am anointing myself the new president of the Sam Horn Fan Club. It's going to be a great ride. Everyone, hop on board. It's going to be great. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. <laughs> We're with you, brother. And Sam, we trust. If Basilek really gives Mizzou the best chance to win, then God help us all. I stopped playing football about 15 years ago, and I think I could still probably manage to go, you know, 10 for 26 for 60 yards. Hot garbage, hobo cum. Hot, hot garbage, hobo cum. <laughs> Just uh, no words. You guys, don't forget hot dog water. Game. Hopefully, Cook and Macon don't transfer right away. What the fuck was that? This is RC, not the cola. But what the fuck was that? It seems like the only fucking thing that Drinkwitz cared about today was Beatty breaking the rushing record. He didn't give a shit about anything else, especially the passing game. Because if he did, Connor Bazelak wouldn't have been out there after the, after halftime. What the fuck was that performance? <laughs> My like fat ass could have went out there on the field and done just as good as Tyre Bazelak's 10 for 26 performance with, what, 60 yards passing? What fucking shit? That's just <laughs> hot fucking.
fucking garbage. Ha, ha, garbage. garbage. Yes. A fucking hobo cum. <laughs> hobo cum. Hot garbage. Ha, ha, garbage. Yep, I love you. We did good. This is, if you guys are looking for somebody to look up to when you're thinking about what you want to say in a, a voicemail, that guy nailed it. Yeah, the energy was there. <laughs> Sean, Kansas City. Not fucking great, boys. That was some fucking vagrant semen, if I've ever seen it. Uh, no, he's a fucking animal. He's gonna he's gonna do some shit on Sundays for sure. He's a fucking beast. Sucks. To, I mean, I feel bad for Basilek, but I feel like he's probably fucking done here. At least he should be. We got the bowl game. We can fucking do something. M I Z. Let's go, boys. Z O U. Had to call in again just to say they're dancing all over our grave with the goddamn We Are Mizzou video. Andrew Carter, you son of a bitch! You know what you did. M-I-Z. <laughs> Remember when we had Andrew Carter mm-hmm. on? I do. He was in firm defense of himself on that. Yeah, movie. well, we made him answer for his sins, and they were certainly were sins, but I'm glad. Yeah, it was. It's uh, it's not great. We all make mistakes in college. Yeah, let's not let's not back on Andrew Carter. No, he's a good guy. You know, it would be really nice. Ooh, it's a lady. If Connor Bazelak could throw the fucking ball downfield. No, we're just going to hand it off to fucking Tyler Bates 45 times. We'll never know. Oh, my God. The 45th time we hand it off to Tyler Bates. Oh, my God. Surprise. Hot ass garbage. Ha, ha, garbage. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as expected, most of the people were questioning the move to keep Bazelak in the game. I think we could have seen that coming a mile away. Yep. Gone, what do you say we cheer ourselves up by uh, looking out to our west and see what's going on in the state of Kansas? I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story of the day, Kansas man dies trying to outrun car across highway. Now, ordinarily, I don't like to take stories where someone dies or something terrible happens because we like to poke fun at Kansas, obviously. But, I mean, you know, somebody died. But in this case, I thought, this is a public service announcement, you're not faster than cars. I don't know who you are, who you're listening. We may have some fast runners on our mm-hmm. that listen to sure. the show. Sure. But you're probably not faster than the car and you should not run them or try to. Because yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. I I agree, I agree with all those sentiments. And so anyway, I'm honestly though if you're a Kansas resident, you should probably try. <laughs> I don't want to discourage them from trying, Brad. If you believe in yourself, you should try. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's not the direction I wanted this PSA to go. <laughs> sure. But sure. A 65-year-old Wellington man died after being hit by a car mm-hmm. on Highway 160 in Sumner County, Kansas, Friday morning. Chuck Flynn died in a collision with a 2015 Dodge Challenger driven by a Wellington man. So that's another lesson. If you strike a Dodge Challenger or really any other vehicle, the vehicle will probably win. And it's made of steel and you're made of flesh. Yeah. I agree with that. I still don't want to discourage people from trying. Kansas trooper Wesley Gilmore said the victim was headed to a gas station and tried to run across the highway and beat the car. (laughs) Yep. Shocker, the car won Mm, the race. Yep. No 
one in the car was injured. That's another that, crazy thing. Yeah, huh? yeah. Obviously, I mean, you guys don't know this. You know, cars cars are pretty tough. When made it comes, of steel you know, a lot yeah, of times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, made of made of metals and uh, glass and and plastics that are quite a bit harder than the human body. Yeah, I would even say. even the thick thick skulls of Kansans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it didn't save it. Hit him in the head. That's true. That probably would have hurt. That would at least deployed the airbag. Certainly. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It maybe hurt him the least. Yeah, sure. Wichita man arrested for window peeping. <laughs> In a world of OnlyFans and... Uh, That's right. You can go to Barry Owens OnlyFans. <laughs> Pornhub and Twitter and Instagram and uh, where everybody's just shaking their booty all the time. It seems unnecessary. It's kind of a throwback to peep yeah. through a window, isn't well, it? Well, I guess there maybe there's a guy who gets his rocks off just by like the in-person voyeurism. I mean, yeah. you know, he, it's the... It's the hunt, if you will, Brennan. You know, the the creep through the grassy yard, the, the hugging against the wall, sliding a, 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 by the house, behind the bushes. It's propping himself up on his tiptoes to look over <laughs> the seal of the window and see that big fat bush. <laughs> it reminds me, Colin, like I talk about things that hold up or don't hold up over mm-hmm. time. Sure. Um, bushes? Back to the future. No, oh. different direction. <laughs> Back to the future, Marty McFly's dad, real creepo. Yeah, no doubt. No, he'd go to jail now. Yeah, I mean, sexual predator. Climbed up a tree. <laughs> yeah. So he could climb up and yeah. see his uh, yeah. the bush of his bo- mm. soon-to-be betrothed. Yep, yep. How dare you, George McFly? Hey, you. Get your damn hands off her. How dare anyway, you? Anyway, like I said, I think there's those voyeurs out there. They enjoy the challenge of it. Well, one of them, <laughs> Wichita man, 63 years old, was arrested for window peeping, among other charges. The police Does that means Jack? <laughs> we'll see. The police department said uh, they were following up on a report about a man exposing himself and conducting lewd activities. And I think we know what those are. <laughs> Jagging it. Near patrons of a business in the area of Harry and Webb Street. The Kansas police arrested the man identified as Richard Hearn. Their investigation revealed an additional crime of a sexual nature that had not been previously reported. Come on, Kansas journalism. Tell us what it is. We want yeah. to know what this creeps up to. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's fucking animals, Brennan. I mean, we really don't need to be told. That's true. Yeah. He's fucking critters. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like an awful lot of work these days. For less, I don't know, illegal activities that well, are at I mean, your fingertips, literally. I mean, literally, too. I mean, it's not like, I mean, we're, this is not talking about, you know, Los Angeles, you know what I mean? Or Hollywood. We're talking about Kansas. I mean, what are you peeping on, ultimately? Yeah. You know, a 380-pound woman with fucking hail damage up and down both butt cheeks, you know what I mean? Just chewed bubble gum. <laughs> Cottage cheese, man. You know what I mean? What are you? What are you voyeuring for? Hey, some people are into that. And you uh, know, I, I got. I you know what, Brennan? I apologize. I'm I'm stereotyping. Yeah. Not all Kansas residents are big, fat, disgusting blobs of humans. Yeah. Some of them are on meth, <laughs> which makes them very, very skinny. That's right. So, Kansas, my apologies. And even these disgusting Kansas women have the right to take and dump in peace without being <laughs> yeah. watched. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That should be mentioned. That's right. They don't need Marty McFly or whoever this guy is. Kansas 2. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> it's George McFly. He's the pervert. Marty was a good man. Next story. Selena man exposes himself. Headbutts police officer. <laughs> We've got a theme going. Yeah. And uh, from the look of his mugshot, he doesn't regret it. No. No, that's a guy who's headbutted a cop before. <laughs> and he's going to headbutt a cop again. <laughs> that's right. It's not his first just showed last. me his picture. Yeah. Uh, Selena Mann is in jail after he allegedly exposed himself outside a business and then later tried to attack a police officer. If he headbutted a cop, I'd say he successfully attacked a police There's officer. There's a lot of dorks out in, in uh, 
in Kansas. You know, everybody's just got their Johnson dangling around, apparently. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the last story in this one, they always say, like, they're investigating. Like, what's the, what kind of deep dive of, this is not true detective, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. He either jacked it. Get jacked forensics it. out here. Let's see if this is a dick. <laughs> Let's look for sperms. Yeah. Selena Police Captain Paul Forrester said officers noticed a person indecently exposed on the north side of a pharmacy building. The person was identified as 38-year-old Ronald McAdams, not to be confused with McDonald. I know that, uh, especially because of the voicemails, that at least one lady listens to this show. So for those that don't know, and and I can only assume it's the one lady that listens to them. Yeah, I think there's one. You don't need to masturbate in public. You can do it in your house. You can do it anywhere. Mm -hmm. You can literally do it anywhere. Wait, are you talking to her? I'm talking to just anybody who's not aware, which I'm assuming could only be this lady because she doesn't have a dong. Okay. I, but just in case anybody was aware. You're, ta- you're talking to the dongless. I'm talking to the dongless. So if you're going to jack it, you can jack it just about anywhere, Brendan. Mm-hmm, sure. I, you you're, don't, you're, you're preaching to the choir, Colin. <laughs> you don't need to do it behind a Casey's. Or mm-hmm. outside of someone's window. I just feel like these stories, is just I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression that uh, there's any justification for doing it. I mean, mm-hmm. if space aliens, for instance, are hearing this right now, human men have dorks, mm-hmm. and uh, there's no reason to jack them in public. Sure, not all Kansans have homes. We know that. That's true. That's true. But you can find a corrugated box or bush. Mm-hmm. Or you just go into the Casey's, go into a stall. Yeah, yeah, they've got a bathroom. Go mm-hmm. in there and tug away. You know yeah, what I mean? Granted, you're going to ruin somebody's day on cleanup time, but <laughs> yeah. it's a little better. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ronald McAdams, after some investigation, again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we looked into this deeply. <laughs> we, got, we got three guys working on this. So they're working in shifts. <laughs> yeah. uh, after some investigation, officers determined there were no witnesses and let McAdams go. So, they, so who, they who knew reported he it? I mean, they knew he jerked it. They just didn't have the hard evidence that would hold up in court. But um, bump. Yeah, <laughs> pun not intended. After the fact, an employee of the pharmacy told police they had seen McAdams in the act. As a result, of, so where was this investigation if they never thought to ask the fucking pharmacy employees? The guy. So they did this thorough investigation. Everybody on the force was looking into it. We don't see jizz anywhere. Guess let's just get out of here. You know, Should we ask the people inside? Nah, don't worry about it. Bill, I'm sure they didn't see anything. Yeah. Then the guy coated in cum comes over and he's like, hey. <laughs> yeah. A confrontation ensued and McAdams allegedly tried to headbutt one of the police officers. Mm-hmm. McAdams was then arrested. He's facing possible charges of lewd and lascivious behavior, interference with a law enforcement officer, and a Assault of a law enforcement officer. That's going to get him some time. Yeah. I mean, if it was just a, a simple jack, I think a judge might have some compassion for mm-hmm. that. Especially in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Kansas, Colin, it takes us to our next story. The Kansas Jayhawks football team. It's championship week for them, too, which is a laugher. They were 2-9 and nine on the season. They took on West Virginia. West Virginia not having a great year. They were 5-6 and six going into this one, and they were on the road. But... Didn't much matter because at the end of the day, even though it was a close one, Kansas was defeated 34 to 28. 34 to 28. Now, Kansas was in this game. They scored 28 points. They just beat Texas. Mm -hmm. I don't know who their coach is because I've never even taken the time to learn his name. Nor should you. But uh, apparently he's got some things going. He he does, I guess. And, you know, they, they finished the season two and ten. That's, you know, one of Kansas's best records in decades. He's clearly on track for a mm-hmm. contract renewal. I mean, you yeah. win two games at Kansas. Well, honestly, they're going to build a statue I mean, that's for a, you. That's more than that's more than just the obligatory like seven or ten that they they have it with most games. You know, where it's like, oh, the Kansas lost fifty-one to ten. That's a score that says, hey, 
we were part of this football game. That's right. That's right. But, uh, oh, Colin, we're having breaking news. There's another story coming in. It's unusual. Kansas played a game of basketball, too. And as you know, they're pretty good. They're uh, number four in the country. That's what I'm told. They played, and, and they played a team called Dayton, mm-hmm. which I assume is in Ohio, and I assume involves people who make tires. Sure. That's so all makes sense. Kansas is going to win this one, right? Dayton? Sure. They're not even ranked. They're two and three going into this game. But no, it turns out Dayton outperformed the Kansas Jayhawks, who lost 74 to 73. Sad. Yeah, breaks my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't happen to her. To a better guy, old Bill Self is such a warm, caring man. Honest as Honest, a day is yeah. long. Oh, yeah. Integrity, Brennan. That's and the word that comes to mind when I think of Bill Self. All right. That did make me feel better. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it really did. Yep. It's time to go around the horn, though. Is it not? It is time to go around the horn. We've got business ahead of us, so let's do that now. We, we, we break our bread at Waffle House. Our teams are pretty good. Even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. And Colin, would you boot up the old Paul Feinbot? Certainly. Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. Nick Saban. All right. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. Let's jump right into it, Colin. The, we'll start out with the Egg Bowl. This one was the Thanksgiving Thursday night game, and it was a good one, though maybe not as good as the years past whenever there were, I don't know, like players mocking dogs urinating in the end zone and things sure, like that. Sure. Mike Leach's Mississippi State Bulldogs didn't seem to have enough, although they did score 15 Fourth quarter points, but it wasn't enough to beat Ole Miss, who uh, finished the season 10-2. and two, I think their first 10-win season in regular season ever. Lane Kiffin's got them rolling. Mike Leach finishes his season 7-5, and 4-4 four and four in SEC play. That's not bad for Mississippi State, though. That's not a – that's – No, that's, I mean – That's a – that's like both of those pro, – both those programs should be feeling pretty good about where they're at right now. I, I think they probably are. I mean, aside from the fact that nobody pantomimed a dog taking a dump in the end zone at any point in this game mm-hmm. – both programs should be happy. It's the bar I've set for that game. I want entertainment at dog urinating end zone <laughs> sure. mimicry. Sure. And so it, that's a pretty high bar. Yeah, that it, is. That's, still, they can't do that every year, Brennan. It's still a good game. And I was sandwiched between a Mississippi State grad and a, an Ole Miss grad while mm-hmm. I watched it, obviously. in the Kinky. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And the next game, I'm, I'm going to get through. They weren't. I feel like, in general, some great football games this mm-hmm. weekend. But there were a few dogs, and one of the worst, I'd say, was Georgia taking on their rival in Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech yeah. clearly down this year. They're 3-9. Mm-hmm. and nine. Georgia, the number one team in the country, finished 12-0, to nothing. They're a wrecking ball. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think they're going to give Alabama everything they want and a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Let's get into that. The Iron Bowl, which was probably the big game of the weekend – I would say, for, I mean, Auburn is not that great. They've been up and down, but they looked like they were going to beat Alabama at several points in this game. And I, I would think, rename it the soft metal bowl. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, but no, Iron. actually, it was a really good game. Auburn was leading 10 to 3 late mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter, and Alabama hadn't done anything on offense. I mean, absolutely nothing. Their Heisman hopeful quarterback had done jack. They finally get a late touchdown to tie this thing up, take it to overtime. And I think the real question mark for me is that Auburn's quarterback got hurt. 
late and was clearly limping around. Mm-hmm. They scored a touchdown in the first overtime to Makes tie Alabama. Makes you wonder if they have a healthy Bo Nix, what this game looks like. It, yeah, it does. But uh, after they tied Alabama in the first overtime, they ended up kicking the extra point. And I remember thinking at the time, like, man, you ought to go for two. Missouri did it against Florida and came out successful. Your quarterback is hurt. We know what a team looks like when they don't have much of a quarterback. Yeah, we sure do. And uh, they ultimately went for the extra point. They went into four overtimes. Alabama won this one 24 to 22. <laughs> All right, Paul. All I really, right. Alabama. I really shouldn't have. Didn't deserve to win. I don't agree. Yeah, well, that's not surprising. <laughs> not surprising at all. A game that I really enjoyed. It probably wasn't the biggest game of the weekend, but uh, LSU was five and six coming into their final game of the year against number fifteen Texas A and M. It was in Baton Rouge. Ed Ogeron's final game as head coach of the LSU Tigers, which he so dearly loves. It was a great game. LSU got a, I think they went 97 yards on the final drive of the game to score a touchdown, go up 27 to 24, which was ultimately the final score. Edo goes out a winner. I wonder it, if they're going to regret that at all, that decision, just because, I don't know. I mean, Ed Ogeron, I, 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 say, I would say at this point, has done enough to get at least another year. I, I just don't know who on the coaching carousel. We know as of right now, Lincoln Riley told him to eat shit. He's heading to the USC. I don't know. I don't know who they're going to go out and grab, but. The real USC, not South Carolina. Yeah, obviously. That's not even a, that's silly. Nobody says mm-hmm. that except people from South Carolina. Right. We know that they're dumb. Anyway, I don't know. I just don't see that next coach on the horizon. I don't know. I don't know a lot of coaches. What the fuck do I know? You should be fired. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing, no nothing really at all. But I'm I dead did, inside, Brennan. Everybody knows that. That's true. Mrs. Mazadkis and I were talking about this, actually, while the game was going on last night. And I think what will happen eventually with Edo, when he does finally like retire from all things coaching, mm-hmm. they're going to set up some desk over at LSU in the athletic department. Mm-hmm. He's, He's going to have some rail co-eds on top of it. Probably. That will be part of it. Sure. Because I mean, that was sort of one of those rumors of why they were maybe not yeah. super stoked on him. Coeds and coeds moms, I think. But anyway, <laughs> both. He's taking all comers. Yeah, that's right. He will. And uh, I think they're going to give him some cush job where he sits there, he glad hands, shakes hands with a <laughs> He speaks gibberish like that, <laughs> goes golfing with guys, sure. and probably brings in good dollars to the athletic department. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, Shows he, up to dinners, glad hands. Just is like, goes to the suite of the basketball game. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of the face of LSU. He is so The guy so who won a national championship Louisiana. two years ago. Uh, he's going to get another job. And yeah. especially at the coaching carousel, bouncing around. Like, I mean, I know Florida already hired their man, uh, this Napier fella, who just looks like if you go to the gym and there's that guy who's, you know, barreling towards 50 and he wears his hair way too short and like, you just know he's just got on testosterone and watches a lot of Fox News and just like as a vein sticking out of his Yeah, you know, like you just like that guy definitely would make a great highway patrolman. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that, he just looks like an amalgamation of every sort of douchey guy who loves meathead. Yeah, CrossFit that you've ever met. <laughs> anyway, that was, I don't know the guy at all, you know, really. I just, I just looked, took one look at him and thought, yeah, I know that guy. As, I know exactly who he is. As accurate as that is. <laughs> I always wonder when we make these comments, who's listening and being like, hey. <laughs> I, I watch like, Fox News. I, lo- I have a vein sticking out of the side of my and head. It's and it's fine I'm, for all of you to I have a highway things, patrolman. <laughs> but you know, but if you if you check all those boxes, you own, own like big mirrored sunglasses. And, <laughs> you know, right. like if you're super barrel chested, but you never go, you never do leg day. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. You know yeah. what I mean? The you, guys you who drive are, your Corvette around the lake. Yeah, exactly. 
you know, like you you own a bedazzled pair of blue jeans. You know, that's yeah. your going out clothes. <laughs> it's, it's sequins you're, on the back yeah, of your Yeah, you have a sequin cross on the back of your pocket. That's yeah. that's who he is. He's uh, Edward Hardy. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's uh, my uh, my uh, shoot yeah. from the hip reaction. To Welcome the SEC. Florida. <laughs> yeah, Florida's higher. If you're looking for analysis beyond that, sorry, you should be fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's move on to Clemson, South Carolina, because that was another great game. Clemson beat South Carolina thirty to nothing. <laughs> I felt the same way, Paul. Yeah. I'll be honest. God, that is embarrassing too, because Clemson's not even that good this year. They're nine and three, but they're nine and three in a shit ACC. And nine and three for them isn't good. You it's know what not, I mean? Like they've been, a- they have been fucking world beaters. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't expect. South Carolina will win that game, but I expect him to score a point. Yeah, that would have or been. Or three. Yeah, I think a lot of South Carolina fans probably did too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you were going to beat South Carolina. Carolina jackpot didn't call this week. Yeah. And I can only imagine it's because his veins are draining out in a bathtub somewhere <laughs> after watching that football game. It's it, it's possible. <laughs> Florida, speaking of bad football, Florida <laughs> took on Florida State. This one was competitive and close mm-hmm. because both teams were shit. Yeah. You talk about uh, Clemson not being that yeah, good. Connor Basilek beat Florida. That tells you anything. Yeah. <laughs> it is true. But Florida State couldn't pull it off. The five and seven Florida State Seminoles lost to the Gators 24 to 21. <laughs> Let's do the sound effects for you now. Sorry. Florida State, somewhere Jimbo Fisher smiling. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I just saw, reminds me, I was talking about Jimbo Fisher. Somebody had tweeted out the record in his first four years versus the first four years of uh, Kevin Sumlin. And the only difference is Kevin Sumlin had two more wins and five more wins versus ranked opponents on the road. Mm. Like Kevin Sumlin's resume is better than Jimbo Fisher's. Oh, and by the way, Sumlin's $13 million contract as compared to Jimbo Fisher's $30 million contract. And the crazy thing is, is that somebody said that LSU, like one of the top, remember when it was Florida, one of those teams, like the top guy on their list was Jimbo Fisher. I'm like, listen, Jimbo did some great things at Florida State, but he's Kevin Sumlin at, at A&M. They've continued to be A&M, which is, which is basically just disappoint you at the end of the year, like just not live up to expectations. That's what they're known for, at least since we've been around them. I think his extra $17 million was to beat Alabama. Because that's what they got for it. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a, I don't know, is it worth $17 million a year to uh, beat Alabama? Well, I, I mean, that's, it's, year, it's yes, sir. It, it, that is something that someone didn't do. Yes, sir. Um, but I don't know. And maybe um, Jimbo will come around. But at this point, like, oh. I got a question for you, Colin, because there's a lot of coaching op- openings right now and probably going to be more. When's Hugh Freeze going to get his shot? You know what I mean? Like, well, he just got a big new contract from Liberty. I know, but Hugh it's Freeze Liberty. has no soul. It's not, <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll gladly walk away from his brand new contract to go to somewhere in the SEC or a Power 5 school. And I have to think that somebody's going to get him a shot. What I don't understand about Hugh Freeze is at the end of the day, all he did was love horse and, and lie about it, it. Yeah, and use the company phone to dial up his hookers. But, I mean, look at what coaches do. I mean, Jimbo Fisher just basically it does protected make you a think rapist, that, and well, he's if, fine. <laughs> it does make you think that maybe there's more dirt under um, Hugh Freeze's fingernails than maybe we even know about. We just know about the whore calling, Burden. Oh, I think he's just an idiot. I mean, he he was tweeting us regularly, DMing yeah. us regularly yeah. about whether there was an opening at Mizzou, and we're not making that up. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, we the, yeah. We got the receipts. Yeah, like I said, if you go to our Patreon, we've literally posted them. Yeah. But the point is, is that uh, it makes me wonder, sort of like Gene Chizik, any of those guys that have had a lot of success and suddenly can't get hired. I mean, what happens? I would love to be able to sit into in a meeting with you sort of like the the ADs from the SEC and just like, all right, guys, what's wrong with Chizik? And or okay, guys, what's wrong with mm-hmm. Hugh Freeze? I mean, because they're going to tell you some things that don't make the papers. 
Well, like Will Muschamp seems to get endless opportunities. Mm-hmm. So why do these guys? I haven't heard his name get bounced around. I guess failing miserably at two programs now has been enough for people to have their fill. Interesting. All right. Uh, speaking of bad football, Tennessee took on Vanderbilt. Tennessee's obviously on the men. They're seven and five this year, which is honestly, at the end of the day, we beat Arkansas. We have the same record as this Tennessee team that clobbered us, you know? Well, and I, I saw somebody, Tennessee fans were in their feelings because somebody that covers the beat for Vanderbilt, I think, like basically tweeted like, with this victory, uh, Tennessee is now five and five versus Vanderbilt this decade or whatever. And they're like, oh, the worst, you have to the worst stretch of football that Tennessee's ever had. Because yeah, like, yes. you only count the years that were good. That's the only years you get to count. That's, that is the weirdest thing. It's like, yeah, it was the yeah clearly it was your worst. <laughs> yeah, we agree, you're terrible at football. Vanderbilt beat you five times in a decade, so like yeah, that means you're pretty bad. Yes, thank you for confirming what we just reported. Yeah. Anyway, they beat Vanderbilt this year. Forty-five. It's always to 1998 in Knoxville. That's right. We know that. And then close it up last weekend. Kentucky took on Louisville. They won this one, fifty-two to twenty-one. Kentucky. Took advantage of a weak SEC East, as everybody liked to say about us when we did well. When is Mark Stoops getting his shot? I don't know. I mean, Mark Stoops seems to like I it mean, at Kentucky for some I reason. I know, but uh, you'd think LSU came calling with a big fat check. He'd be like, all right, well, I, can I do this exact same thing at a school with 100 billion times more resources? Honestly, though, I mean, maybe he is the Gary Pinkle effect. You know what I mean? Pinkle certainly had his opportunities to tr- to uh, test the waters in other places. And sometimes the guys are just like, you know what? Expectations are low here. We're having success here. You know, why fuck up a good thing? I mean, I don't blame Mark Stoops for staying under those pretenses, but it does make you wonder, like the guys had a solid success at a program that hasn't known for football success and with success within reason. He's been winning and He's going a to win guy. Yeah. 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 And that for Kentucky, that is a, that's a, that's good. You know, that they'll and take it. You'll, you can retire there on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, let's put it this way. When Mark Stoops leaves, I expect all of that to leave with him. Um, <laughs> I but, agree. you know, it just make me wonder, you know, why you don't get his name mentioned with like the LSUs or the Floridas. And maybe they have been mentioned. I've been paying that much attention, but I just, you'd think at some point somebody's going to say Mark Stoops, we want you to do what you do at Kentucky, only do it better here. I mean, honestly, if we had an opening tomorrow, Brennan, I'd be like, I'd take Mark Stoops. Yeah, I mean, he's he's clearly a good coach. But it, you look at what Lincoln Riley, he's going to USC out in the Pac-12, which has been down for a long time now. And you have to wonder, it's like, if he's looking at LSU or USC, I know you're saying, yes, Southern California is nicer weather and whatnot. But there's also the, these expectations. I mean, Florida and LSU, you have two bad years or you have really one bad year and you're fucking getting to get ousted. And I'm sure there are guys that are like, look, I'd like to coach football and I'd like to coach under circumstances where people have reasonable expectations yeah, that lower, not every year is a national yeah, championship. I'm going to coach somewhere that's, you know, 75 year round and has much lower expectations. I mean, where would you really live? Southern California or Baton Rouge? And I know everybody listening right now wishes California would fall off the fucking continent and sink into the fucking Pacific Ocean. But have you ever been there? It's better than Baton Rouge. California's <laughs> pretty sweet. That's a you, low know, you may not love yes. all the people there, but I mean, like, it's a pretty good place to live. And, and yeah, it's a low bar better than the Baton Rouge, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. Or, 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 or sorry, Oklahoma. You know what I mean? You yeah, could also yeah. live in Oklahoma. I mean, this is the two choices. You got Baton Rouge, Norman, or Southern California. Yeah. I mean, this, uh, to me, if he's married, I mean, the choice was made for him. He didn't even, didn't even fuck that, honey. We're moving to Southern California. Well, and on top of that, I mean, look at and the guy whose name's bandied about a lot, Lane Kiffin at mm-hmm. Ole Miss. Here he's got Ole Miss winning ten games in the regular season. Their team is in the got SEC football West and and has football history, but they don't have the sort of like 
rabid sort of you lose you have a one losing season you're out the door mentality that in LSU or Florida or Georgia they got rid of Mark Rick because he was only winning nine games a season you know and, and it worked out for him but it doesn't usually it does, I mean? right they're going to win a national championship this year Kirby Smart was a good hire but it, they still have this mentality wait till Kirby Smart has a shitty year two years after mm-hmm. winning a national yeah. championship and he's going to be in the same boat as Ed Ogeron the only reason I, I think that Kirby Smart like Nick Saban or has legs is because they recruit so well it's hard not to have legs when you can recruit as well as they do. I mean, you got to be Butch Jones. You got to be just terrible coach, but because he could recruit. I think that Kirby Smart's a good coach. I think Nick Saban's a good coach. And what they also have in addition to that is they're f- remarkably good at recruiting. And so that's why I don't know if I believe in the Jimbo Fishers of the world, you know, that you can only be such so good at coaching before it really just comes down to the Jimmies and Joes. Well, moving on to next week, Colin, is championship week for Alabama taking on Georgia and Atlanta. God, how much would you like to go to this game? It, it should be fun. I mean, the rivalries are over this week. Now it's on to the SEC championship game. Take it. I want you to take a step. Have you looked at the at the spread on this I have one? not. I have not. What do you think it's going to be? Three. Georgia's favored by six and a half. And I okay. was wondering before this line came out if it would be over a touchdown because I think that Georgia is going to beat Alabama by more than a I touchdown. Think, I don't know. I think I think um, Alabama is going to give them all they want. I, I would still pick Georgia in this game, but I just feel like until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. Alabama is still a fucking juggernaut of football, and maybe not the juggernaut that they were, but I, I still think Georgia, at the end of the day, it's two five-star lines going against each other. It's what? two five-star wide receivers and five-star cornerbacks and five-star running back. You know what I mean? Like It's all a bunch of really talented football players, but I just think about, man... There's not a lot of games that I would daydream about going to that don't involve Mizzou. But this is one. I'd love to go to Atlanta. I'd love to sit, especially like in a suite, and just get drunker than a bunch of sorority girls and just enjoy the enjoy the spectacle. I will, would like that too. But I, I, I want to sort of do the uh, you should have one opinion. I have another opinion thing mm-hmm. that they do on TV even though sure. they don't believe in it. Yeah. But I do this one. I think that Auburn gave Georgia a blueprint on how to defend Alabama's offense and they've already got the best defense in the nation before this. Uh, you're probably right. I, the only thing I'll say is, like, remember when Mizzou played in the first SEC championship game? Remember it was the second? Which one was it when we played with our defense, which is all world? The first one, Trey Mason for Auburn yeah, ran they, all over us. No, this was when we played Alabama. Mm-hmm. And it was what, – what struck me about that is Missouri had defensive ends. They rushed the passer. And I thought, man, we're going to be a part of this game because they're, we won't be able to score really <laughs> against Alabama. But I was like, we, they're going to have some fucking trouble with us. And then they ran this sort of bubble screen, lateral, quick fucking strike, uh, hurry up to the line offense they hadn't run all year. They looked at what Mizzou did well, and they immediately completely changed what they did on offense to negate it. And then once they got us down by like two touchdowns, just did what they did. So the, the reason I say that is because – and now they're in a situation where Georgia has that type of defense. And it makes me wonder if can Nick Saban do it again because he's the, he's the same coach and he did it to Missouri. And uh, I just wonder how they're going to change things. You know, you say you talk about the blueprint. I mean, like, I know there's a blueprint now, but I wonder how different Alabama might look next week. Well, maybe. And I'm sure that Nick Saban is a good coach and he'll do what he can to put them in the best place to win this game. But a couple of things. One, this Georgia team is not Missouri in 2014. No, as good as we might have been. That was the Matty Mock year where we were kind of, is that the year we lost to Indiana? We had a crazy year because mm-hmm. Georgia stomped us that year. Yeah. 34 to nothing, I think. And we were good. We won the SEC East legitimately, but this Georgia team is a different caliber than we were then. And on top of that, this Alabama team 
is flawed. I mean, this is an Alabama team that Florida nearly beat. Texas A&M did beat. Auburn nearly beat. They've skated by. They've got one loss on the season, but they have not looked good in a lot of these games. And Georgia is a kind of team that I don't care what kind of scheming you do and what kind of prep you do. They're going to eat Alabama up. That's just, I think that this is, well, I, I'd take I mean, money. I'd take that six and a half. Over, under, what do you think on this one, Colin? Because obviously it's a good defense in Georgia. They're decent at offense, but 52. 50 is the line. So I should be setting lines in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Paul's looking forward to it. You're right about that. Who you got in this one, Paul? Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. Well, well not shocking. Not shocking. It also has a lot of implications for the national championship picture, the playoffs. I mean, mm-hmm. here we're looking at what's Cincinnati being and in that's the strange. It is, but there's it should give Mizzou fans and really fans of any sort of second tier program hope. It should make you think. All right, Colin, it's time to go to our awards segment of the show. And I think the first one we want to give out is the TJ Mo Dude of the Week. Colin, a, a game we haven't mentioned because it's not in the SEC, but it was a big one in the world of college football. Ohio State took on Michigan in their big rivalry game. Mm-hmm. And it, obviously, it was the big news was that Jim Harbaugh finally beat Ohio State mm-hmm. in, I don't know, five years, six years at uh, the helm of Michigan. Like and, ten years now, isn't it? Either ah, way. Fuck it. A million years. I don't know. Jim Harbaugh never beats Ohio State, but sure. he pulled it off. But in that win, there was an Ohio State player named Cameron Brown, who is a cornerback. And in the middle of a scuffle, because this was a high emotion game, sure, a uh, somebody grabbed his ankle when he was trying to walk away from a play, and in retaliation, Brown reached over and ripped the uh, Michigan player's helmet off. Mm-hmm. Was not penalized for it. There was no like. You know, targeting, you guys are getting ejected for full games or mm-hmm. first half of the next game and everything. And uh, this Ohio State guy decided, oh, you know, I'll just rip a player's fucking helmet off. And, yep. and uh, anyway, douchey move. Yeah. And in lieu of having nobody else to nominate. Mm, yeah, nobody comes to mind. And uh, so, hey, helmet ripper off guy. Yeah. You're a douche. Stop being a douche. Douche of the week. All right. Now let's get to an easier award to give out. This one is named, obviously, for Kirk Farmer, and not just Kirk Farmer, but his beautiful, glorious blonde hair. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's hair, player of the game. Well, I know it's getting redundant, Brennan, but there's uh, only one player who set an all-time record. There's only one player who ran for over 200 yards. There's only one player that deserves this award. You're and talking about uh, Michael Cox? No, I'm not. I'm talking about Tyler Beatty. Tyler Beatty has been in what has been sort of a frustrating year, ups and downs all year long. The only consistent thing is the beautiful, wonderful, majestic play of Tyler Beatty. Yeah, I remember coming to this season, everybody's like, oh, we're high on Beatty. You know, he's pretty good. I think he can do it. Yeah, he'd be okay. Yeah, well, yeah. People have a lot of questions whether he can be an every down back. Yeah, now he's the leading single season rusher for the Mizzou Tigers. That's right. And uh, he had a lot. To, he's got room to go, too, because he's still got a bowl game to play, God, possibly. I so want him to be a Kansas City chief. Uh, I got spoiled last year because my favorite Tiger last year was obviously Nick Bolton. And he went to the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm just hoping this year that uh, the Chiefs will draft Tyler Beatty. It would be fun to see him close to home. He, uh, he, Like you said, he had 219 yards against Arkansas. It was his fifth game of over 200 yards rushing. He uh, had to eclipse 
Devin West 1998 mark of 1,578 yards rushing to set the record. He did. 1,604 is the new mark, and obviously he could play in the bowl game. I don't know if he will yet because obviously he's uh, he's draft eligible. He said they'd like to, so we'll not. We'll, but we'll not, you never know. He's been incredible. Lord knows he deserves a break. He's no shit. He's been good. He's been an every down back. He has been. I mean, like I said, he looked like he was sucking air in the third quarter, but it didn't stop him. He just kept that's the thing. Like you see the his average yards per carry go up every quarter. You know what I mean, they show that stats like nine yards a carry in the fourth quarter. Like the guy is a he's an, he's superhuman and uh, an all time great for the Tigers. If you haven't really sat down to think about it, you should. You, what you saw this season from Tyler Beatty is something you won't see again probably in our lifetime. And uh, so appreciate it. Appreciate that you saw something that was you know you saw a unicorn. Something pretty crazy happened this year, and and Tyler Beatty was the was that thing. Not only was he Mizzou's best player of the year, not only. Was he a record setter? But he's also Kirk Farmer's hair, player of the game. The guy also cares like a 3.8 GPA. You know yeah. what I mean? And just a, just a super nice guy. Like he's he's almost too good to be true. He's special. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, we loved him. It's been wonderful watching Tyler Beatty play. All right, Colin. We've, we've, we did it. We knocked out another season. <laughs> we nailed it. Yeah. We're six and six heading to a bowl game. Obviously, yeah. we're going to be covering that. And yep. uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll bury Odom See on See you guys again. in Shreveport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see where we go. We'll see who our starting quarterback is. We'll see all that shit. But until we head to Shreveport, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Let's look for sperms. <laughs>